Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. This podcast is titled correctly, The Most Politically Incorrect Podcast About Leadership. And let me share why I I titled it that way. I'm going to use politics as a frame of reference to analyze leadership and the power of conversation and coaching. Now, before I get into the podcast and its content, let me share this with you. I'm a staunch Republican. And recently I was sharing that with someone who was a Democrat. And she said, I can't believe you Trump supporters. And she got volatile and she got upset. She raised her voice with me. And when she got done, I said, I didn't vote for Trump. She goes, yeah, but you said, I go, you never asked me who I voted for. I didn't vote because of my my own personal frustration with our government. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. So I'm going to bring up some things that I hope that you can calmly just sit back and reflect on. If you don't agree with my politics, that's okay. That is not the point of this podcast to present political opinions. It's designed to use politics as a frame of reference to analyze the merits of leadership and conversation. So let's take our recent election in the United States. Let's think about President Trump. Anybody who says he didn't do one good thing for this country, that's a pretty narrow view. Anybody who says everything he did was awesome, that's a pretty narrow view. And it's really based upon our what? Our opinions, what we like, what are our political views? Not everybody's going to be happy. That's the tough thing about leadership. Now, Had the election been held before the pandemic crisis, I don't think anyone would argue that he would have had a better chance to win. Personally, I think it would have been a landslide. I think he would have won. It wouldn't have been even close. And then the pandemic crisis hit, COVID, deaths, worldwide turmoil. And all of a sudden, you have a president who comes hard charging, knocks people over, doesn't listen, fires people when he doesn't hear what he likes, takes swift, sometimes conscious, sometimes subconscious, good or bad decisions. But he doesn't really give a lot of thought, at least perception-wise. Now, some people like that leadership. I personally think that he was voted in as president, not because he was the best political candidate, I think he was voted in because people are frustrated with politics. And when COVID hit, the pandemic crisis, he showed very little empathy. Had he'd gone before the American people and said, you know what? I really misjudged this. I made a mistake. Now, it sounds funny, right? Because this is going to come from a guy who doesn't apologize for anything. Yet, my own personal belief, had he apologized, had he been vulnerable, had he looked into the camera, into the American people's eyes and said, you know what? I misjudged this. This one's on me. We're going to get this right. Now, remember at the start of this, 
I said I was a staunch Republican. In the prior two elections, I did not vote for President Obama due to some political beliefs. Yet, let me be the first one to say this. He would have been absolutely the perfect president for the crisis. He had conversational ability. He was calm. He could literally make you feel calm in the eye of the storm. How do I know that? He inherited the Great Recession from President Bush, and their cabinets had a pretty darn good handoff. He was calm. He was influential. He would have been perfect for this crisis. By the way, again, I did not vote for him. Yet what I loved about his leadership skills is he didn't have to come hard charging. He didn't have to raise his voice. He didn't have to scream. He didn't fire people left and right. Now, remember, this is coming from a Republican. Now, in the state of Wisconsin where I live, years ago, we had a governor by the name of Governor Walker, who I voted for. I loved some of the things he did. I know I had some friends, especially in the teaching profession, that did not like him due to different beliefs. And I remember they stormed the Capitol. They stormed the Capitol. They were angry. They wanted him to review, reverse a vote. They wanted him to change his mind. Now, let's think about that fork in the road just for a second. Had he changed his mind, what would have happened? He would have succumbed to the pressure. He would have bent to the pressure. People would have gotten what they wanted because they stormed the Capitol. Now, what would we have thought of him as a leader? Void of your political affiliation. I love that he stood his ground. I love that he went against the tide because he did what he thought was right. That's what a good leader does. Doesn't mean a good leader is someone we agree with. We have to look at leadership skills. When he got in front of the state, he got very calm. He was very, very calm in his presentation to the state Senate and assembly. He was calm. Now, the funny thing is, it's probably what did him in on the re-election. He made a really tough decision about their teachers union throughout the state, and he didn't get voted back in. So when you think about leadership in politics, I mean, think about two people vying, vying for the presidency of the United States. And they had to come up with new moderation rules because they went over time, they yelled at each other, they screamed at each other, they didn't listen to each other. Is there any wonder there wasn't any handoff between their presidential cabinets? Is there any wonder that they didn't get along? They literally had to be muted by the narrators. Think about that. Think about if we had narration booths in our workplaces, and we had a person there that anytime somebody interrupted, they muted them. That would actually be kind of cool when you think about it. Yet the two people vying for the presidency had to be muted. They raised their voice. So leadership is really in the eye of the beholder. We all have our own beliefs. We all have our own insights of what a good leader is. Yet I go back to the fundamentals of conversational leadership. I want someone who's confident, yet I also want someone who's vulnerable, who says, you know what? 
that's on me. I made a mistake. President Obama was fantastic at that. Remember, this is coming from a Republican. I want a leader who can look at a group of people and say, you know what? I made a mistake. I miscalculated. Leadership should never have the word perfection in it. Let me share another example. Years ago, I sat in an all-company meeting at one of our client sites, and I'll never forget, the president got up and he said something. I'll never forget it. He said, you know, I think the executive team really miscalculated that. We're adjusting and we're going to get this right, but I think we, we, we missed a few things in our, in our assessment. And I forget what the issue was. And I remember looking around the room because I was sitting, sitting off to the side. And I'll never forget, people were just nodding. And I just sat there and I said, wow, what he really said to that whole company, about a thousand people, it's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to admit you're not wrong. I'll never forget it. People nodded. They went up to him. Thanks a lot. The whole premise was to communicate a redirect for the whole organization strategically. You had a president get up there and say, you know what? I made a mistake. Now let's take pro sports. I think it's always funny when coaches or GMs get fired because the person, the owner, typically the CEO or the president is running the organization. Ultimately, they're responsible. Yet we don't fire players. Now, we know that some players don't put out 100% effort all the time. We know some people will kind of coast in a contract year so they don't get injured and miss out on the big contract. Yet coaches get fired. And that makes you wonder. And then you see them do their press conferences. And it's not all owners. Yet you'll have owners go up there and say, oh, he's, he's done a great job. We want to thank him and his family. And does anyone really believe that? You just fired the guy or gal. So leadership is tough. Think about politics. Think about when people make decisions. They make decisions as leaders based on what they think is right. It is not about gaining 100% agreement. Think about the United States. We are so divided politically right down the middle. It's probably 50-50, 51-49, whatever the number is. It doesn't matter. And so when we think about conversations, it's about conversing. It's about listening. It's about dealing with reality. So let me make one more point. One of the things I can't stand about our political world is we will often get people to stand up in a debate and somebody will say, and you raised taxes, you voted for raising taxes. Then that person will say, no, I didn't. I'm like, wait a minute, who's right? <laughs> who's wrong? And yet it gets so clouded with bantering and yelling and interrupting. We don't even know what reality is. Can you imagine if a leader of a company got up and started talking about the company and the direction and the board of directors stood up and started yelling while he or she was speaking? What would you do as an employee? You would do what? I got to find a new job. This is nuts. 
Now, for most of us, we can't just leave the country. Yet politics really brings into question really good leadership attributes. Now, again, I'm a Republican. I like the Republican Party's philosophies. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. Doesn't mean I disagree with everything. Yet, when I look at leadership, leadership is made for different times. There are different impressions, different perceptions. And we have to navigate as leaders. Now, again, President Trump was voted in, I believe, not because he was a great politician. He represented people's frustration in politics. So when he got elected, the economy got pretty good. The stock market went up. Unemployment was at low rates. Now some people are going to argue, yeah, but he inherited that from President Obama. That's always the argument. So in essence, with some people, he would never succeed. The same thing could be said for President Obama. We have Republicans who said, yeah, but he inherited and he did. You know, it's all rhetoric. Yet what happened was when President Obama took over, he had to navigate some very, very murky waters with our economy. Scary waters. President Trump came in and made some radical changes. And I mean radical. Our economy was doing well. Our stock market was doing well. Unemployment was extremely low. And we got hit with a worldwide pandemic crisis. Not his fault. Yet, people held him responsible. Why? He didn't cause the pandemic. It was because of his inability to speak clearly, talk about a strategy, be vulnerable. And the funniest thing is he said, don't fear the virus. Because he had it and he got treated. Not everyone has access to that type of medical care. Now, being married to a physician, my wife said, yeah, I know the treatment he got. It's This treatment is really, really helping people with COVID. Not everyone has access to it. So it was coined as what? Insensitive? Now, it is amazing a 70-year-old man was on the campaign trail six days later. It's amazing. I had COVID. I was down and out for 40 days. Yet, the words he used and the way he conversed with people. And again, I sound like I'm bashing Trump. I'm not. I actually like some of the things he did. There's certainly things I did not like that he did. Yet, did he not get reelected because of his political views? Potentially. Yet, every time you heard a Republican talk to a Democrat, the Democratic would always interrupt and say, yeah, but, and they would really illustrate a frustration of the way he talks and the way he treats people, meaning they didn't believe in his leadership and they're not wrong for that belief. Again, this is coming from a Republican. So leadership is about, I believe, two fundamental things every leader should do. And I just shared this with a group. I think... We often hear, and I believe this epitomizes who Donald Trump was as a president, never look behind you, charge forward, look ahead. And you hear these cliche phrases all the time. Now, I don't agree with that phrase. Here's why. Especially today, what people want from a leader has changed. I think it's evolving politically. I believe a leader should always look over his or her shoulders and look behind them for number one, 
Are people following me? Number two, are they smiling? That's when you know you've become a good leader of the people. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to you where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.